Yes, I'd like to welcome you to the next episode of Crosscut Maker Podcast. And if you have been listening over the past several months, you would know that I am doing pretty much eschatological uh, updates on the podcast. I do all kinds of other ministry. My primary website is crosscutcommentaries.simplesite.com and you can find me pretty much anywhere on social media at crosscutmaker is the tag I use. And I did do a diversion last time a couple weeks ago and did one on the Atlanta shooting. And that is something we will talk about is the incredible increase in mass shootings that have happened since that that was the kind of the beginning point all the way up until something happened yesterday in Maryland. Um, and that'll be an issue we, we discuss here in a minute. So, but I plan on probably just, if Lord willing, again, if I, I, I struggle making these podcasts because sometimes I get sucked into paying too much uh, attention to the world and to politics than I uh, typically like to do. Um, but as long as I feel led and able to maybe add a little bit more insight, uh, to the, uh, discussion of whether or not we are approaching the end of the age, I'll continue to do that. But of course, nobody, you know, I never ever would set a date. Uh, that is clearly biblically sinful. Um, but I do think that Scripture teaches but, uh, that you can know the season, and the, and the way you would know the season is if you see things that are... Uh, there are necessary things to be in place for the tribulation period. And that is what you can see being prepared, being uh, stage set, I guess is the word you can use. And you can see those things in advance. Now again, you, you, you know, assuming, as I do, that the rapture of the church occurs before the tribulation period, that is a signless, dateless event. Nobody knows the day of the rapture. I do believe it precedes the tribulation period. So if you can see what is uh, being, uh, if you can see the world being set up for what happens in the tribulation period, then you can uh, anticipate at least that the Lord may be near and the rapture could be very near. And as I usually say when I open these podcasts, is I, I really started focusing more on this about six months, let's see, when it had been 2000, mid-2019, I started really paying attention to things that were going on in the world as it appeared that things were accelerating towards the tribulation period. And then, of course, last year with the coronavirus, the riots, and just everything kind of since March of last year has just gone completely crazy. And almost everybody recognizes that, that something very strange is happening. And uh, But here's why, you know, I say this frequently as well, is that... I, it's it's not like you look at the world today and there have not been times in human history where it has been worse. Obviously, World War One, World War Two, you know things like that. Any major war, there have been worse time. You know, plague, the Black Plague, things like that, where things have been much worse on a human level. But what makes it uh, what makes it, at least in my opinion, likely that we are approaching the tribulation period is there are biblical indicators that you can see that are being uh, prepared that are occurring in the real world, in reality, in the current news. 
And the big three I like to talk about, these are the big three, the super signs I think that you can see that occur, the three big humongous events that would be something that if anybody experiences them, you should immediately think, okay, this is a an indication that the tribulation period is coming. And first off, the removal of the church, the rapture of the church, would be that will be a significant global event. You know, I believe what we're experiencing now are birth pangs, and I think that they build and build and build. That's why I don't think the world's going to turn around. A lot of people are anticipating the vaccines and other other things are going to make the world go back to pre-March 2020. I don't think that's going to happen. I think these are birth pangs, and they're just going to keep accelerating. And uh, and but anyway, but what will be the final birth pang that precedes the setup of the tribulation period, in my opinion, is the rapture of the church. The global removal, glorification, whether you see people flying away or whether it's so fast that it seems like they disappeared. And it sounds almost like science fiction, but it's a biblical doctrine. There's no doubt about that. And I do believe it precedes the tribulation. Not only do I believe it precedes it, I believe it prepare, it's kind of like the final nail in the buildup that causes the environment of chaos that would have everything get tied up by the Antichrist. So there's number one. So if you know, obviously that's going to be it's not going to be a secret event. The rapture of the church will be everybody will know something significant just happened. There will be all kinds of reasons given for it, but something significant everybody will know happened. Number two is well, they're just kind of two tied together of the three that are really visible. That you if you see these happen, you know you have entered the tribulation period. And the the, the most important one is the seven year peace agreement involving Israel. It's, it is a very specific, to, it is a, it's not a 10-year peace agreement, not a six-year peace agreement, not just a, not another add-on of the Abraham Accords, not the Palestinians, two-state solution. It is, now all those things may be tied into this agreement. So it may be, include the Palestinian two-state, it may include the Abraham Accords getting rolled into this, I think they will, but it will be a specific time frame of seven years, not one day shorter, not one day longer. And then that is, when that actually occurs, the rapture does not begin the tribulation period. The seven-year peace agreement involving Israel begins the peace agreement, or I'm sorry, begins the tribulation period. So if you if you are alive and you know, well, first off, you probably would have experienced the removal of the church, which would make everything even more incredibly chaotic. There's an indicator, number one, that the Bible is true and Jesus Christ is Lord. You know, I was in these podcasts with a gospel presentation because you don't want to wait and see, okay, well, he says this is going to happen, and then when it happens, I'll believe. It's not how salvation works. A prayer that I'm, the reason I'm doing these and the eschatological things that I do is because I do want to plant seeds for people who are not raptured, who are unbelieving at the time of the rapture, and they would recognize and be able to, and maybe, maybe God would use this information to bring them to Christ. Um, that's, that's my goal of this. So the seven-year peace agreement involving Israel. Very clear, simple. You know, you see that happen. You have entered in the tribulation period. Things are about to get a lot worse, especially at the midpoint. And the third super sign that I think that is obvious, visible, the whole world will know, is the third temple. The, the Jews need a third temple at least by the midpoint of the tribulation period in order for 
the Antichrist to stop the animal sacrifices that are being resumed in the, in the third temple. And he sits in the Holy of Holies and claims himself to be God. So we know you have to have a, a, a Jewish temple on the, you know, on the, assuming on the Temple Mount that would be in place for the tribulation period. Now I've said many times, I, th I think that very likely will be part of the seven year peace agreement. It'll be kind of a carrot for the, uh, for Israel to enter into that agreement is they'll be allowed to build their third temple, resume their animal sacrifices. So that's the third super sign, very visible. Removal of God's church, the, the true believers, and the seven-year peace agreement involving Israel and the third temple of the Jews. Those are the three humongous, very simple, very clear indicators that if you experience those things, you are about to, about to or have entered the tribulation period. So those are what I point to for the most part. But over the past, like I said, since mid mid 2019 I've been noticing things regarding not just those three things those are the big three things that I focus on but there are other things that like you know talk about Turkey Iran and uh, Russia forming alliances growing in power showing aggression towards Israel alliances that are very uh, unique and they line up with scripture in particular the invasion of Ezekiel 38 39 and so there's other things that are just everything seems to be falling together in, uh, at this time and over the past year and a half and including you know what what the coronavirus has done more than anything in my opinion has accelerated the desire for global government and that has to be in place as well because the antichrist takes over a global government not a national government so you see the coronavirus is, is is the the biggest thing about that has led to that and of course pen you know the pandemic in and of itself you know the scripture teaches that there will be an increase in pestilences as we we uh, head towards the tribulation period and of course you can count that into that and there's the scripture teaches there's also an increase in lawlessness and you can see that again last last year when we experienced in in this country and worldwide um, the black lives matters riots and and everything else and of course can't also we also could include the uh, Capitol Hill uh, incident on January 6th and many other things and including that's one of the topics you know we could talk about today is that uh, over since the last podcast on March 8th we've had I think four or five mass shootings that have occurred you know beginning in Atlanta um, obviously yesterday today is uh, what is today April 3rd, yesterday there was a, not a mass shooting, but there was an incident at the Capitol where somebody tried to drive into police officers, killed one of them, sadly, and that was a major incident yesterday, but then there's been, um, oh, there's been so many happening, it slipped my mind here, the Atlanta one, and there was one in California a couple days ago where a guy killed four people, he must, he knew them, and then, yeah, they, um, in Boulder, Colorado, there was a a guy who went into a supermarket, King Supermarket, and killed, I believe it was eight or ten, eight or ten people. So these mass shootings are going on again. It's just, in, in my opinion, an increase in, in lawlessness. People are becoming desperate from the world situation with the coronavirus and everything else. And, uh, and Jesus said the love will grow cold towards the end of the age. And I think that's what we're what we're seeing. And those things aren't going to turn around, sadly. I mean, it's it's, it's staggering. Um, so we've had that occur, 
But one of the biggest shifts that happened right after I made the last podcast, so this has been a little bit now, is um, there was there was a uh, a call for people in Saudi Arabia. Basically, I'll read with my notes here. Uh, the normalization agreements with moderate Arab nations, including informal with Saudi Arabia, they haven't. Israel has not formalized the Abraham Accords with Saudi Arabia, but they have pretty much informal all kinds of uh, relationships going on there that are just haven't been brought out in public. Uh, but it has drastically increased the likelihood of a third temple. Some have spoken out that the Al-Aqsa Mosque, uh, mosque in temple, on, on the Temple Mount is not that important to Islam. So what happened, you had this big campaign coming out of, a lot of it was on Twitter of, in Saudi Arabia, where they were basically saying, that really, for Islam, the two important places of, of worship are Mecca and Medina, which are, of course, both in Saudi Arabia, and they uh, would gain from that, gain from increased traffic there. But they were not concerned with, quote, where the, which direction the Jewish people prayed. Um, and so, moderate Arabs of normalized nations could also visit the mosque, and it would certainly be financial, financially beneficial. If you had, again, what has happened with these Abraham Accords is moderate Arabs have become very friendly with, with Israel because they are more interested in financial gain and the benefits that would come with a relationship, and also they're concerned about Iran. And so you have several factors that are uh, increasing the friendliness there, but that does go to the idea of the Temple Mount. And there's been all kinds of disputes going on there. Jordan is currently in charge of its security right now, but that's all um, kind of getting becoming up for grabs. There was an incident where Netanyahu was going to fly to the UAE, and Jordan's president, or not president, some important people from Jordan were to visit the Temple Mount kind of in a visual statement that we're still in charge here and they had some kind of security agreement and they they got canceled and then so jordan wouldn't allow netanyahu to fly over jordan to get the uae so they canceled his flights so there's big back and you know tit for tat going on there and uh so you have and, it's, and even this was something I, I read and reported on about a, I think about a year ago where saudi arabia and israel have been discussing to control the temple now for quite a while now and again, if you get this coalition of moderate Arab nations in Israel to the point where uh, it, it would be strong enough to be able to change the dimension and the paradigm of the Temple Mount, you very easily could see a third temple being built. Uh, most people who, uh, who anticipate the third temple over the years studying eschatology thought that it would be something that were basically the Dome of the Rock, the al Mosque, would have to come down somehow. Either God would destroy it or just somehow it would be part of that just something would happen and they would be able, they would come down. Where now, it looks to me like they're, they're friendly enough now, the moderate Arabs and the, and the Jews, that they are, in a sense, I don't see any reason why they would, that it would at least be theoretically possible that the Third Temple would be built right next to the Alaska Mosque. And it would be like, a kind of, again, we talked about this before, that the Third Temple is going to be a sinful temple. It's not going to be a righteous temple in God's sight. It'll be built in unbelief by the Jews. And it's also, they've indicated, that it's going to be a universal temple meant to unite the world. Not to honor the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, who is, of course, Jesus Christ. 
So the, the temple would be built in unbelief. It'll be a sinful temple. Animal sacrifices is a sin because Christ fulfilled all that. And so, so there's no doubt that they would be willing, the Jews would be willing to build a third temple next to a, a mosque and just call this, hey, well, it's just, it's just all one thing anyway, and we'll do this thing, you do that thing. And, you know, it's like a universal temple and, and, and a unification effort. And again, I've said this before, that Israel and the Jews are going to be part of the one world false religion of the tribulation period for the first three and a half years. They're going to be part of that because it's a false religion. Judaism is a false religion. They reject Christ. Any religion that rejects Jesus Christ as God incarnate and, and do not trust in his finished work for salvation is a false religion. And that includes Judaism. And so you can see all kinds of ways where they would compromise to get the third temple built. And that's the way I think it's going to go. Again, I think, you know, the, the, the event, the effect of the rapture, we can't anticipate. We cannot anticipate that. How that throws the world into a certain chaos. And again, I think that the third temple will, will be finally brought about by the, uh, the tribulation triggering seven-year agreement. But the Abraham Accord nations were drawn together by a common enemy, Iran. And the, but they have found many other advantages, and the, including financial. I mean, they, they see the advantage of, on a financial level, of having, you know, the the Arab or the the Arabs and the Islamists from moderate Arab nations that are part of the Accords, and including Saudi Arabia, that's not part of it yet, being able to travel to Israel and have uh, clear access to the uh, Al Aqsa Mosque or even the Third Temple, you know, and and the same thing with with drawing Jewish people to their nations, which the tourism has already picked up. There's just financial benefit there. So Saudi Arabia is trying to take the focus off Jerusalem for Islam and put it on Mecca and Medina. And uh, this could free up an opportunity for Israel to build the third temple. So the focus, if they're just like, you know what, we've overemphasized the Temple Mount, let the Jews have the Temple Mount. It's clear from archaeology, history, every other aspect of even extra biblical uh, information out there that they have a claim to the land because there's every time they dig up more archaeology there's more evidence that the scriptures and what it taught about the Jewish people being there is true of course so yeah there was a number of Arab tweets from Saudi Arabia calling for even calling for the third temple so it wasn't just like yeah we you know we can keep ours over here and they can have theirs but they were recognizing the Jewish connection to the Temple Mount publicly, which caused some blowback, of course. But that was just, I couldn't believe when I, when I heard that. Now, everything that I have on the eschatology aspect, I put out, a, a, a centralize at a website called eoa-indicators.simplesite.com. And I put, I kind of do this as a summary there. I don't put more de as much detail there because I want it to be readable quickly. But I also did post the article about this there underneath the uh, number, number seven. Uh, I go through the seven indicators that point to the fact that we could be getting close and the third temple is number seven. And I put that article under there if you want to read that. All right. And uh, yeah, Jordan and Saudi Arabia struggle over Temple Mount. Flight canceled. Talked about that. Um, bottom line, the status quo has changed on the Temple Mount. And that's a big, big shift. Because again, three, that's one of the big three super indicators to me is that the third temple is something that has to occur and it is, it is certainly going that direction. 
And I would also add this, although humanly speaking quite different, ultimately Judaism and Islam are spiritually united in the sense they are both Christ-rejecting, demonically inspired false religions. So a unification, or at least coexistence, one day on the Temple Mount would not be surprising. I talked about that earlier, that there, you know, this may be shocking to some people, but as a Christian, you should recognize Judaism as, as demonic, even though they're rooted in Old Testament scripture. They, you know, Jesus called the Pharisees children of the devil because they rejected him. And so any Jew, I mean, even ethnically Jewish, into Judaism, if you deny Christ, you're a child of the devil. And if you're a child of the devil, you're really on the same team as Islam, even though false religions fight with each other, obviously. We know there's all kinds of tension between Islam and the Jews. But ultimately, spiritually, they're on the same side. And so I, I again, deception by, you know, just a convenience or financial benefit. I mean, a, the, a person and a religion who's, who's dead in sin will compromise if it's, if it's beneficial to them. So, but the Abraham Accords, you know, her, this goes back and forth. You know, I heard early on after I did the last podcast that, the, that, could, that four more nations could be back in play, including Saudi Arabia. And um, also that the quartet, which is the United States, United Nations, the European Union, and Russia met on March 23rd. And with uh, their intention there was to return the focus to the Palestinians in the uh, two-state solution. You have all kinds of people trying to get involved in the Israeli-Palestinian issue, including China, Russia, the quartet, and it has been, uh, but there's all kinds of talk about trying to get this peace agreement, you know, uh, wrapped up, I guess, is the best way to put it. Because I think the big issue still is Iran. People are worried about them getting the nuclear weapons, so they want to try and do something over there that would cause uh, a peace. So you see a massive desire for peace in the Middle East. Undeniable. Undeniable. And again, the Antichrist begins the tribulation period. The, begin, you know, the, the tribulation period begins with the Antichrist doing something over there that people think it's a Middle East peace, a peace agreement. People think works. And so all these things are coming in from these different angles, just setting the stage for a post-rapture chaotic world, somebody to come along and say, here we go, here's what we do. You get your third temple, you get this, you get that, you get this, and then wrap it all up, let's make it for seven years, and then, boom, the tribulation period starts. All these things are just falling into place. Alright, we did talk about the mass shootings. Um, now, the election, of the Israeli election happened, and um, right now, there's no clear path forward for either side. It's a really a stalemate still. The only point I would say is I still stand by the, what I believe. I don't believe Netanyahu will be the one to make the tribulation trigger, triggering agreement with the Antichrist. I don't see him doing that, personally. It's just his personal politics. But I could be wrong on that. That's just, for whatever reason, I, th I, th I think that's the case. So I, I thought that he would somehow get out of power. And he may. Every other day, he's the same thing there. I hear flip-flop every other day that, you know, he's, he's done now because of this. And now, well, no, no he's gonna, he, all he has to do is pull in this one Arab coalition politically over there. And he's in his back in power. And he, of course, the Likud party got the most seats of the Knesset. But they still don't have a, um, a clear mandate. They have to get 61 seats there. And they don't have a way to do that yet unless 
I guess there's this there's this uh, Arab political party over there with four um, mandates, I think, of what they call them, and that they would be they if they would go one way or the other, then they could they could make a coalition for either the liberal side or the conservative side. But the problem with that is both sides don't really want to deal with the Arab political parties, and so you could lose you could lose more than you gain if you compromise and try and bring them in. So. It could be uh, another another round of elections, fifth elections in two years, or something could happen. But I'm again, I up until the fact that he, you know, Netanyahu is placed in prime ministership for you know a significant amount of time. I I tend to go with thinking he's not going to be, he's not going to end up back in power. He's got he's got criminal problems as well. He's, been, I mean, he's in a court case right now, so that could have something to do with it. But I could be wrong with that. That's just speculation that I have on that. But as of now, we nobody knows what the outcome of that's going to be. Uh, Israeli politics are quite a bit different than how we do things over here. But we'll see in the next, I think, next two or three weeks, we'll know more whether the election could determine who is going to be the leader of Israel and, and what, if there's a coalition there. But right now, we'll just have to wait and see. And well, since uh, since my last podcast, we've had a couple other significant weather events, including the Australia floods have been real bad, and then we had, of course, southern tornadoes in the south southern part of the United States. That man, oh man, just about for about two weeks there, about it seemed like every other day there was massive, massive tornado outbreaks, destroying a lot of homes and property. Incredible incredible things going on there so it just and there's there's volcanoes exploding there's um haven't been there's still earthquakes going on but the the previous podcast dealt with had a lot more significant 7.0s and things before that but we haven't had a major you know what i would call major earthquake since the last podcast but we've had we still continue to have incredible weather events i praise the lord that he's kept us safe in where i live and you know i'm always worried if we had we could have tornadoes where i live or we could have even earthquakes near us and so i'm thankful that that he has kept us safe from all these weather events um up until now and, and i'm thankful for that but also my heart goes out to people and i just i, I watch the news and i think man i can't imagine waking up and having your home just destroyed just overnight by a tornado or by a flood or something else you know just that would seem very difficult and overwhelming to handle um so my heart does go to them and yes um so the, again mentioned here the uh, atlanta and boulder so the big things were really the the uh viewpoint of the temple mount the third temple humongous humongous adva- uh, advancement towards that on a human level um and is it theoretically possible that there could actually be a third temple built before the tribulation agreement? Yeah, you could have a t- temple in play being built, actually being into uh, animal sacrifices, and then the, the agreement would be made, and it wouldn't include that. But still, at the midpoint, it would, those things would be shut down. And also, like I said, the, the lawlessness and the mass shootings have been something that has been incredible. And the politics of things going on, it's, uh, it's why I struggle doing these podcasts because it makes me focus more on politics than I like to. And uh, if, you, if you look at the political 
happenings of the United States right now, at least from my viewpoint, and it'd be just really discouraging if that was what your whole hope is in, and uh, because things are going the wrong direction, Biden is continuing to do what he's promising to do, and he did, he got the uh, the uh, coronavirus package passed, and now he's proposing another two trillion for infrastructure, another two trillion to come after that for other things. And I don't trust that what he's what they're going to spend the money on will be something that will be righteous. But anyway, regardless, we're so far in debt, it's laughable. And I'm just going to, I mean, at what point does does it affect currency and things like that to where it would collapse on itself? Because just just acting like money doesn't even count anymore with these amounts. And of course, his health. I mean, I don't know what to think about. Um, every time I watch him speak, my heart goes out to him in a sense. Again, politically, I'm absolutely opposite of Biden and Obama and the liberal left. Absolutely the opposite of them. And But my heart goes out to him because he, he, he's worried about his health and he's a lost man. And uh, But regardless, you know, there have there were one other thing that got reported that I thought was a little bit interesting. I'll throw on here at the end of the podcast is that they say you know it's somehow it leaked that he has been um, in consultation with Obama quite a bit, almost on a daily basis, and somebody brought it up to Pisaki, and he she did confirm that that he is uh, addressing uh, or, or having conversations with him frequently, and usually when you have a president come in, they kind of distance themselves from prior presidents, including ones even of their own party. Um, and because you want to do your, you want you want to make your own administration your own administration. If you're if you're thought to be consulting with a prior administration, well, then it almost seems like it's another term of their administration. So I thought that was interesting. Again, who you know, I thought for a while that I'm not exactly sure who's making all the decisions there because I don't think he's capable of thinking through the things that he's announcing. I just don't think he's intellectually capable anymore. I don't, that's certainly not an insult. That's, you know, he probably was a very intelligent man. I don't, again, I agree with anything he does spiritually or politically, but he, uh, he has, so, you know, he's not coherent enough to run the, run the country. That's a fact, in my opinion. And I worry about the alternative there of President Harris would be the next option, which I don't think that would be any better, but I, at this point, I worry about other nations viewing, you know, his very clear public struggles with his mind and thinking, you know, this would be a good time to take advantage of the United States because their leader is struggling mentally. Um, but anyway, so I've always thought, I want, you know, it seems like he's got a team behind him, and every president does, but it just seemed like he was, and people were calling him, you know, the old Biden administration, thinking how close he is mainly because the people he picked for his cabinet were basically Obama administration cabinet members, just about all of them. So they just thought this is the third term of Obama. They called the Obama administration. Of course, now we find out that he is he is uh, um, interacting with him quite a bit. So there, that's just more instability in my mind in our country. But like I said, the Lord is in control. And so that's what I have for this time. 
and that was about a month ago that I did the last one. So again, I really honestly, I don't know how many more of these I'll do. I might just keep doing them. Um, but as I said in the beginning and uh, about midway, is that it makes me focus more on politics than I want to, and that just really discourages me and, and it takes my focus away sometimes because it's really easy to get sucked up into politics and, and this and that from a Christian perspective. So, all right, well, that's what I have for now. And like I said, I'll always close with a gospel presentation. As if by chance you're listening and you're not a Christian, you're interested in eschatology. Again, I am planting seeds so that if you see what you know, the vast disappearance of many people and a loud noise will accompany it and it'll be a global event and maybe you heard that here you'll you'll remember and maybe God will use that to convert you or you see a seven year peace agreement involving Israel and you think I heard that somewhere maybe God will use that to convert you or the third temple will be built in front of you and you'll be like oh, I heard that somewhere maybe God would use that to convert you but maybe he won't and so the, the call of the gospel is here and now is to receive the forgiveness of faith or receive the forgiveness of sins today because you don't know if tomorrow is going to be your last day especially in the way the world is operating right now it seems like it's very unstable and so you don't want to wait another hour another minute even to make your to be reconciled to god and that only happens i'll just read my gospel presentation one day we will all face the one true and living holy God and you need to have your sins forgiven and be reconciled to him before that occurs. In God's great love he has mercifully made a way. That only happens biblically by repentance, confessing your sinfulness and hopelessness from your heart to God, and faith, believing the gospel. That is who Jesus Christ is, that he's truly man and the one true God. You have to believe that he's God incarnate. That's required faith. In for salvation, you have to believe Jesus Christ's own testimony about Himself, the Father's testimony about Him, and of course the Spirit's testimony about Him. That He is—he's a man, but He's also God. And you trust only in His redemptive work. So the gospel is the person and work of Jesus Christ. The person—he is truly man and truly God. The work is that He lived without sin. He died on the cross for the uh, sins of sinners, and He was raised from the dead, which. Today I'm doing this on Saturday, April 3rd. Tomorrow is Resurrection Easter. And yesterday was Good Friday. And so we celebrate this time of year what he did on the cross. And what he did was he allowed himself to be treated as if he committed all of the sins of everybody who had and everybody who would believe in him. And so that's how you get your sins forgiven. But you have to believe. He only died for those who believe in him. So you have to believe. That's what the call is, is to believe the gospel. But the gospel is simple. The person and work of Jesus Christ. You see how repentance ties into believing the gospel. If you understand your sinfulness and you understand your hopelessness before him, you're not going to stand on anything that you have done or will do. You, you want to stand on the work of Christ alone. All or nothing. You get his work or your own work. You, don't blend the, you can't blend the two. And if you genuinely do this, if you genuinely repent and believe, then you will be instantly and permanently covered by the righteousness of Christ. And he will have been treated as if he committed all of your past, present, and future sins. 
If you refuse, though, the offer of the gospel of Jesus Christ, or if by chance God doesn't even grant you the mercy of hearing the gospel, of course, that wouldn't be you if you're listening to this, you would be judged according to your works. And unless you have lived without even one sin like Christ will end in eternal conscious condemnation. So that's the, the true biblical gospel, is you are justified by faith and trusting completely in who he is and what he's done. And if you do, you'll get the complete forgiveness of sins. And if you do that, you'll know it. You'll know if everybody who believes, you know, you got you have God's grace has to work in your heart for, in order for you to believe. So you know, people who are asking about, well, I want to believe. What can I do? And they've heard the gospel. They understand the gospel. I just tell them to ask God for the grace to do it, because you need His grace to overcome. You can and you should believe without his working in your heart you, that's the call of the gospel to everybody but the sad reality is the love for sin within the fallen heart creates the unwillingness to believe so it's a refusal that refusal has to be overcome by the grace of God in regeneration and so that's why I would just tell people who are unbelievers trying to you know think, I want to believe I want to believe I just can't get there I'm just, a couple things I say, I'm like, first off, you need to examine what is it in your life that you're unwilling to give up that is, uh, cr that's creating that unbelief, because love of sin creates unbelief, and so you have to, uh, you know, I say, think about some things that you were holding on to that you know are sinful, and you know they'd have to go if you came to Christ, you know they would, there's the issue, I mean, but, only, but also it takes God's grace to overcome that. So you both examine your heart. What do you, what am I holding on to that I know is wicked that I would have to let go of to come to Christ and also ask God for the grace to overcome that because that's the only thing that can happen. And he will if you genuinely ask him. You know, if you, if you, it's a free gift. Salvation is a free gift, but you have to genuinely want it in order to receive it. And that takes the grace of God in the heart to do that. So ask God for the grace to see, to overcome your sin, overcome your love for sin, so that you would come to Christ. All right, well, thank you for tuning in. And like I said, I don't know, it could be a week, two weeks, a month. I've been doing, on, doing them on average of every three weeks or so. That'd probably be what I'd predict. But just, I almost did a quick one. Uh, I did a quick one on the Atlanta shootings. I felt glad to do that. But uh, I almost did another eschatological one because so much stuff happened immediately after I did the last one. But then I just, I, you know, just kind of let it go. And uh, like I said, you can you can see a lot of the stuff I do on social media. I do more daily things there than I do the podcast. But um, I, my plan, Lord willing, maybe in a couple weeks, three weeks, a month, do another one. Or if something significant happens, then I might do one sooner. But thank you very much for tuning in, and until then, may Christ be known.